0: So my boy used to go, he looks kind of like Tupac. And every once in a while, somebody would say, you look like Tupac. And he just went all the way in it. He would like never wear a shirt with uh, Uh with his pants hanging down low. He didn't didn't get
1: the Thug Life tattoo. He he had um, the fucking bandana. I was with
0: him once and we got free food at McDonald's. (laughs) Because we were with my man Big D. My man Big D, he looks like somebody's bodyguard. Yeah. He's yeah, probably like yeah. six, seven, six, eight, yeah, and D's. like 350, 400 pounds. 350 yeah. pounds I'm not he, gonna say. 300 pounds. Yeah. Dude. He's about 300, 350. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's about
1: 300, 350. And uh, he looked like somebody's bodyguard. And D said, Yeah, this is Tupac. And they said, What? He's some Big Macs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a new motherfucking intro. Someone don't want their voice on the show, so now we have a new intro. so sit back the show. Welcome to Decoding 40. What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of Decoding 40. I am your host this week, Vincent Perez, and on the left or the right of me, I got my main man.
2: This is your boy, L.O.Dot, a.k.a. the Danny Terrio of disco naps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tried to get a disco nap today. It didn't work out.
2: <laughs> I took a five-minute nap, and I am still oh going. <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> Those five-minute naps, be feeling like 30 hours, though.
2: Yo, I'm I'm really, like, feeling still refreshed. It's crazy.
1: Uh, this is Alaric. Those fucking disco naps. It's like putting your charger in for five minutes just to get it like 10%. <laughs> 10 <or> 10. <laughs> right.
0: Power up.
2: All you got to do is make it home.
1: <laughs> so uh, who wants to start off this week?
2: I don't have much of a check in. Um, we went up to Connecticut for a lot, uh, weekend to celebrate the Easter weekend. Kids really only care about stuff that they can find and hidden eggs, mm-hmm. and candy, money. That, that's where it is. Oh, but shout out to I gotta give a shout out to my brother in law who played four, counted one, two, three, four full court games on Saturday. Wow. And he is what? three years younger than us. He played what how many games? Four full court games. He must play regularly. He does play regularly, but I still okay. that was still impressive. Yeah. Cause uh, I was like, yo. I'm man. not running a full right now. <laughs> um I told him I'm not even
0: running we'll a full.
1: <laughs> i'm not running. To, I'm, not I'm running really a running. full plate that's two turkey wings, <laughs> macaroni and cheese right. and some fucking greens and i gotta I'm i gotta not, play next I'm, to the yams
2: no i'm not even running the eighth it, yeah it i'm is, not even playing horse
1: yeah
2: <laughs> right i can play horse i can still play horse Play horse, but um, that was pretty much it but um yeah that's my checking
0: yeah like leon said it's easter week which means the kids are not in school Mm. And uh, I am here with them. And it's only one <laughs> Let's get
2: fucking, fucking, fucking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm here with them. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's cool. Like they're 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 good kids. But like my son doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He's got that. Oh, I don't man. know that. Yeah, he's got my energy. Mm. Where like you say, hey, don't do that. And while you're looking at him, he starts doing that, and like, fuck your couch! You, <laughs> uh, didn't I just get finished telling you don't do that? Yeah, he'll have. say no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, he'll wait. say no, as if you are the you're
1: you're bugging. You didn't tell me that. You didn't learn it his Jedi skills Oh well, my bad, I didn't hear you. Wait, wait, wait till he stops doing this. No. no. Every, Caribbean, out, every
0: Caribbean child
1: knows better than to do that. Yeah, he'll have the fattest lips it, on the block.
0: Too, <laughs> tooth loose. Mm. It's not even time. No, it, it, it's, it's been okay. But so, you know, you guys know that I've been anti-zoo, anti-circus. I don't really. The idea of caging animals I've never been into that. But my son I was really not aware of, of that.
2: that. You were not aware of that. I know I, you have I a lot of the, things on it's your anti list, but I didn't, didn't realize Zoo and Circus won. Zoo circus circus on that before. list. Of,
0: of, like, it's on the same list as Disney and, you know. No fun. Go ahead. It's on the same list as Disney and Christmas and Nickelodeon. Right. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Yeah, all of those things.
1: Okay, all right. Butterflies, nigga. But- I don't like butterflies. I don't like caterpillars, <laughs> niggas. I don't like cats. I don't like candles, niggas. They smell good. I don't like oils, nigga. I no. don't like none of that shit.
0: Very, very specific reasons for each one of those things. And I'll, I'll be happy to write it down for you. No, no thank you.
1: I, 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 I didn't think so. i on it. Yeah. Right.
0: But anyway, <laughs> um, so I've, I've been anti-zoo, um, but my son really, really loves animals. Like, he runs... I. He 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 loves this this show on PBS called Wildcrats, and he watches that all the time. If you ask him what he wants to be when he grows up, he says he wants to be a cheetah. If if (laughs) anything animal related, he is completely into it. Like I bought him a book on cheetahs, and he walks around it. He walks around the place like a Pentecostal priest with a Bible. (laughs) <laughs> you would think that
1: he is going to reach turn to page three, and the cheetah said, <laughs> "Growl." I move fast through the plains. Next page. Who reads the next verse? <laughs> read, read, yes, sir.
0: He, <laughs> he hands it to my eagle- daughter. Read. Look, and the <laughs>
1: eagle said to the cheetah. Watch out! <laughs> Wrong chapter. <laughs> Read again.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, that's what's up. <laughs> so, we took him to the Bronx Zoo yesterday. Oh, I wow. caved. Not only did I buy tickets to the Bronx Zoo, I bought a membership to the Bronx Zoo.
1: Wow! Because it was cost kids. effective. And the things you do for it, your kids.
0: Yeah, it's it was cost effective to just buy the membership because here's the other thing: you the Bronx Zoo
1: with that expensive. right expensive. But you can go to any zoo in the New York system yeah. with that. Yeah, right? yeah. I can good about. go to
0: any of the zoos, in the aquarium. Buying tickets to this shit is expensive. Mm-hmm. It ain't cheap no it's more. $41 for an adult, $32 for a child. Oh, wow. So for four of us, plus tax, was $147. With the membership. like, what the fuck?
1: What did the I membership thought, bring it down to?
0: No, the membership was more, but... I know oh, that we're going to go back. Tickets? No, it's $150. free.
1: $150. Once
0: you get the mem- membership, it's free to it's free to just reserve. Oh, serve. okay. All right. That makes Plus, sense. It's like, I, I just bought uh, basically a pass about, to all of
1: the I'm about, aquariums. I'm about to use Rick's uh membership like a Netflix nigga. Let me get that real
0: quick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like the guy on no, the ID.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a picture on the ID
2: or a membership card? No. Oh,
1: but they oh. do ask for your ID. Oh, oh they do okay. ask for your I just got to get a fake hour. Yeah, camels.
0: that's it. We can work on it. It's not a problem. <laughs> no like, problem. I
2: got it in my workshop. <laughs> Photoshop.
0: But uh, so he enjoyed he they had a really, really good time. And I got to say, I was having a great time. I saw giraffes mm. until I'd never seen a giraffe before. Like I've been to the Bronx Zoo before. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I've
2: never seen a giraffe. Like, and it's, it's maybe it's, that's why you don't like animals. No, I love animals. You just don't like them. So you like them on the planet. I don't like caged animals. Got it.
0: I don't okay.
1: like animals to be caged. How do you feel about the
0: aquarium? It's an encas. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Fuck them like, fish. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I honestly, if, if my. The reason why we went to the aquarium is because also because my son is into he's into animals, giant squid. We- oh, like, no, look, no. my son knows more animals. He can name more animals than you can. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. He can look at pictures and name more animals than you can. This guy's going to sound like you got I, You got to support that kind of. Yeah, of
1: you have to. He might discover something. He might be able to communicate with animals. So, so the aquarium was the first. Was the first step. <laughs> Hold up, I just had a vision of your boy. Also, what's that motherfucker's name? Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle. Shit, talking to the to the whales and the animals and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this boy is magical. Have you seen this boy? He talks to puppies and everything.
0: <laughs> wow. It, so it, it did start with the aquarium a few months mm. ago, um, but anyway. It was all good until we went to the gorilla cage.
2: I was joking. I didn't I thought this was going to end pleasantly. Oh uh, man. Oh no. It it was fine
0: as for them, but this gorilla was so fucking depressed, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, this gorilla because it's like hundreds of people now. We went early, mm-hmm. but then by the time we got to the gorilla section, like the place had filled up and there's like hundreds of people are now look, looking at the gorilla and the gorilla was just looking like this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the gorilla was saying, I wish I could, one of you motherfuckers put your hands i, could so I could rip that this motherfucker off, off and beat you with it.
0: And then, I don't know why, but it reminded me of when they used to have the human zoo, when, the, when mm-hmm. that was a real thing. And I could imagine a person being behind glass, I know it's, 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 an, it's an ape. That's, we just think like, but they're intelligent beings. Like they They know, they understand what's going on around them. And you're locked in this cage to be looked at, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. You can't even fight back. There's nothing you can do about it, and that's the rest of your life. And day in, day out, hundreds of people file through to look at you hoping that they- And I
1: saw- Huh? I said, they'd be sitting there hoping they can get their hands on somebody.
0: No, they were defeated. That's what I saw on that- uh, That's what I saw on that monkey's face. Just give me my fucking- That's bitch, what I bitch. saw on that ape's face was that- It, it, it was that defeat.
1: Speech. Yeah. Motherfucker was like, what time is dinner, man? This shit is bullshit. <laughs> fucking white people, black people, Spanish people looking at me. Somebody but threw a, a plate of rice and beans over the glass of the day, man. Fucking motherfuckers. Those, wow. poor, man, those poor animals, man. They all fucked up. What What's the alternative?
0: They live in their natural habitat? And get hunted down? Or not. Or that's, I mean, animals. getting hunted down is not good either. I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> they could just live where they live, and we you leave them, them alone. alone. But but this is not something we started. I just want to say that. This is something uh, Europeans started. Just put them in a zoo for crying out loud.
2: We'll call it not the seal. You. <laughs> well, you know, I, I agree. I don't know the history of it, but it makes sense to me. I can, you know,
0: I, I it's just I like I, I don't I, I want to support my my son's enthusiasm for animals and his love for animals because I don't know what that's going to be. Maybe he will become Dr. Doolittle. So it feels like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to cave on this this thing just so that he can get that experience. Cause I don't know when we're going to go on a safari in Africa. I don't know if we ever will be able to do that, but you know, that's my in.
1: I fucking forgot it was even Easter weekend, man. Like, you know, I, I went, I got up and we wanted to, uh, was it Saturday, Saturday. So the whole weekend, uh, I guess certain establishments would just close from good Friday till I guess today. So I wanted to order my order some Mexican food from my uh, favorite Mexican restaurant. And the wife's like, oh, we're going to eat. We're going to eat. We're going to eat. We will eat it with, you know, my wife's on a really strict diet right now. You know, shout out to her. She's really doing her thing. I'm very impressed with her, her working out and everything like that. I wish I could do what she does because I'm so lazy. But back to the Mexican food. (laughs) So I. I fucking wanted Mexican food. I call these motherfuckers up, and what do I get? An answer machine, and she's like, we're close today and Easter. How a they? God damn it, I really wanted one of their burritos, but I had they to. They don't play that. They don't, play, they don't that. play that. That's Easter, right? So we wound up having to go to the supermarket and buying stuff to make tacos. We made tacos. And uh, what else? We made tacos last night. Uh, we made them on, I think it was, was it? No, it wasn't last night. It was Saturday into Sunday. Oh,
0: we made them Sunday night. Yeah. Fish tacos, oh, but go oh, on. Easter. Sorry, on Easter you want to order Chinese food
2: because they don't give a fuck. Yeah, what you want? On um, Christmas you want to order Chinese
1: food. Yeah, they don't. Give you a can fuck. order Chinese food no matter what day it is. That's true too. Okay, the <laughs> fucking nuke would be coming in. What you want? Two chicken wing, fried rice. <laughs> ah, It'd be the middle of Ramadan. You can <laughs> order Chinese food. You can order Chinese food with pork fried rice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <what's the> <laughs> <laughs> That's fuck. Just coming to the mosque. You want fried rice? <laughs> Pour fried rice to the mosque. Okay. don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> Then it was Easter Sunday. Didn't we won't we? last this way. <laughs> <laughs> it was Easter Sunday. <laughs> What'd you say? We won't last we won't, this way.
2: We I won't know. last this way. We, we went like, like, oh my goodness. Right.
0: <laughs> he said it like Martin uh, Luther King. Yeah. But, <laughs> We will not
2: last this way. We're going after Muslims, Christians. Uh,
0: go uh, on. Everybody can
1: Everybody hates us. All right. Um, so Easter Sunday do came and passed. Hmm? I said what? do Buddhists now. <laughs> I don't know. Do Buddhists. The Buddhists. They, 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 you know, what do they do? They eat bamboo straw or whatever. They, all those little penguins. Oh, no, the panties. They like panties. <laughs> the penguins. <laughs> they do kung fu and they, uh, you know. They, kung they, fu they, penguin. They, Kung Fu Pandas. I don't know what the fuck they are. um No, so Easter Sunday came and went. Really wasn't, it doesn't mean the same thing like it used to. Like when I was a kid, you know, that was the only time we went to church, maybe. Um, right. But I do enjoy looking at IG and Facebook and all of these people in these loud ass Easter outfits. And one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire world when I see this, it makes me cringe. Is when I see someone wearing an Easter suit and on their sleeve they still have the tag, yeah, with whatever name brand it could be Polo, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's whatever. It's whatever you know, whatever fucking Polo, yeah. whatever name uh, brand uh, fucking thing it is that whatever fucking Macy's or J.C. Penney's they got the suit from. I hate to see it, and 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 it's always you know.
2: Anyway. Um did you see a lot of matching outfits of couples.
1: Didn't see too many of those, just poorly dressed people. Oh. You know, mm. Poorly dressed. You know, and then you just yeah,
0: they didn't fit the suits, don't even fit right. It's like a chopper suit.
1: <laughs> they got these fucking zoot suit size suits on and shit. The Steve Harvey collection. <laughs> mm. Joseph Apex. Right. <laughs> Brought to you by Joseph. Yeah, Apex. yeah. <laughs> you get three suits for four dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, basically that's it, man. I I didn't uh. What else? Nothing much. Just getting right all right and wrap end. it up.
2: <laughs> I, don't, right, I don't.
1: I don't like. You bro. You see. I don't like how aggressive you are right now. That wasn't aggressive. That was direct. It was, it was aggressive. Oh my god! I think we're gonna have
2: to talk about this after the show.
1: <laughs> <it's> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I will not be disrespected. <laughs>
2: Ooh, time for a break.
1: We break it for four months now because I don't want to be disrespected. Ever, ever. <laughs> anyway, that's been, this is my time. I'm Vincent. You're no disrespecting me. What you talk about, Willis? Oh my god. <laughs> 40. 40. tonight in Dakota 40 we have a very special guest an entrepreneur the brainchild behind the public culture entertainment he's an HBC graduate from winston-Salem University with multiple degrees from George Washington University he's currently working on his PhD he's a director and creator of the Lee Riot South Carolina prison culture documentary he's a lover and connoisseur of fine hip-hop an amazing brilliant young mind who's done all of this and so much more I'm saying his resume is bananas all of this while decoding his 20s. Give it up for our special guest tonight, Jaquel Durham. Welcome, sir. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Um, I don't know if I got anything wrong in that, but like I said, you got a crazy resume, and it's like maybe 40 percent of what I said is in your resume. You know, it's yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I only, I only got
3: I only, I'm good. I'm good. I only only got one degree from George Washington. I actually went to Georgetown right after. But it's all okay. Okay, my bad.
1: <laughs> I, nice. I, I listen, I know it was a George in there. I mean, <laughs> shit. It was it could George, have been George
3: Jefferson. It was Katie a George white. Jefferson
1: University. <laughs> it was one of the white men. It, nice. I got it. Was nice. it I was nice. one of the white boys. I was George <laughs> something. You know, uh, but no. Seriously though, uh, yeah, you, you got a, You got an impressive resume, man, and um, you're doing some uh, marvelous work. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank God for having me. Mm.
0: Tell us about you know where you're from, where, where you grew up
3: yeah so i'm uh i'm you know I put on you know from my hometown Clemson south carolina um born and raised um grew up there went to elementary all through grade school there went to Clemson University my freshman year, but life started to happen, and I had to get up out of there and then whoa so,
2: that sounds like a story right there
3: yeah it's a it's a story you know it's it's so it, it, and, and it's part of the reason why I do what I do today you know i i mean I end up leaving because my elementary best, you know, one of my best friends for elementary school ended up going, actually serving time in the South Carolina Department of Corrections right now for um, being affiliated with a murder of a Clemson student. And that was during my freshman year. So my grandmother called me and was like, did you see the news? I'm like, nah, what's going on? She told me what happened. I turned on the news. and. You know, my best friend and my cousin faces all played all across campus on the news and everything. And yeah. I was like, yo, it's time for me to get up out of here. <laughs> and my yeah. best friend, we, we, was, we was like two peas in a pot. So, I can, you know, if I was, you know, one phone call like, yo, about to go do this, about to go do that, that could have been me easily. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I dipped out, moved to Charleston, and my life changed ever since.
1: Mm. That's what's up, man.
3: Look at God. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I know. the The first thing that came to my mind was, um, are you familiar with the concept sliding doors?
3: I'm not actually.
2: It's this theory that, well, it's it's typically played out. If you miss a train, that changes the trajectory of your life. Mm. And when you said that, that made me think, you could have gotten a phone call, or he may have wanted to call you, but for some reason decided not to call you or get you involved. And that shift in time put you on another trajectory.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's crazy. We all have those experiences. And, you know, the older you get, the more you have them. Sometimes those, uh, you know, you those sliding doors, like you said, yeah. you know, definitely, definitely.
3: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, man, like, I'm like, is it fate or is it luck? You know, or is it, mm. you know, choices or decisions? You know, that's something I be thinking to myself, like, but I, I realized, you know, I just my, my life situation, I chose to make certain decisions and, you know, got to keep certain people in my life. For a reason and so i'm just i'm grateful you know i'm really grateful i i posted on social media uh, a couple of days ago about the fact that you know i came from teen parents you know, my mother was 15 when she had me you know not when she you know when she had me mm. <laughs> I mean, she was pregnant at 14 my pops was 17. so you know it just you know coming from that and then you know first generation high school you know college you know now you know going to get a phd i you know, just i'm like man like i just I don't know what the hell it is.
1: (laughs) I really don't. I looked it up and it says that you're 28, correct? Yeah, I'm 28. So that means that your parents are our age. <laughs> so
2: technically your dad should be on the show
1: right now. <laughs> yeah, call your father up. No. Uh that's crazy. Cause you know what? I, I again I was watching, I had read the article and about the about the documentary and you you mm-hmm. one article that you were being interviewed where you they asked you why you were doing it and you said mm-hmm. that it was a passion project. You had talked about your father had been incarcerated and things of that nature. So and your family members So. And I'm I wanna say, is your father in the documentary? He is, is in a documentary. Yeah. And I saw and I saw that and I'm like, damn, he looks young. Man, <laughs> he looked like he'd be our age. Yeah. man. <laughs> <Holy laughs> What's crazy
2: you know? is I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I saw him. <laughs> yes. I, was like, I saw him and I was like, That's gotta be his father. Yeah, he be. Looks like him, but you know, he looked a little young, brother. but yeah. yeah, he looked a little young, but I was like, Well, yeah. you know, listen, oh yeah. wow, that's that's Man, it's it's crazy. Like when I, I mean, when I turned, like maybe when I turned
3: twenty four, twenty five, I mean, one of the letters that my dad wrote me was that, like, you know, kind of, you know, you know, giving me a birthday, like, you know, happy birthday. When I was your age, I was, you know, I'm mean, I was in here, you know, I'm mean, I'm in here, and I had just turned 24, 25, So I'm like, you know, I'm like, when I, when I turned, like twenty six, twenty seven, I'm like, damn, bro, like, my pops was in prison. It's the same age I am right now. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: So how old were you when your father was initially incarcerated?
3: 10 or 11. That was like his third time going, actually. Yeah, um, yeah he had did time before that. I mean, he did like a couple years before that. But the last time, I mean, this, this recent time, he he got the book. Right? He
1: served a 20-year sentence
3: for, for, for manufacturing, distribution, crack, cocaine, and marijuana just
1: you know, it's uh, you you're definitely an example of talking about breaking the cycle. Like you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. you could, I mean, just from the first story you tell us about the college situation, then your mm-hmm. father and everything else. So, being that your father was, he was he in the same prison that the ride, riot, the riots took place. Yeah, when he first wow. went, the
3: he first went to prison, um, uh, and and Lee Wright is one. That's the worst prison in South Carolina. Like, um, at this current moment, it was before it was two other prisons. But Lee Ride is the current, that's the worst prison in South Carolina right now. And like, it's mostly for like your, your people who commit violent crimes. My mm-hmm. father, again, went to prison for drugs. And, you know, again, like at his age, he going to Lee County um, to, to do his time. He had did a lot of time in Lee County. Actually, it was, and it was crazy because Lee County was like, it's so far away. My grandmother, I was raised by raised my grandmother. It was so far away. We, it wasn't until film and documentary i ever seen Lee Riot prior, I mean I haven't seen Lee Correctional prior to that, other places he had been, you know, as a kid, I was going to see my pops or whatever. But when he was at Lee, we never went to Song, it was just too far. Mm-hmm.
0: What were the conditions at the prison that that, that made it known as, as being the worst prison? Mm-hmm.
3: It's, it's one of the biggest also, it's like the biggest prison in, in South Carolina. So what what made it the worst was was the fact that doing I I don't know I don't want to say doing it wasn't doing COVID, but it was just the fact that that was a sh- staffing issue in all the Soconata prisons. So they end up putting, you know, taking inmates from one facility or facilities where they had short staff and then putting them into leave. Because mind you leave is the worst prison, it's maximum security. So they have more staff, um staff there, more staff staff there. So they figure that, well, you know, we need to put you know, we don't have the bodies to be able to you know, look over these inmates at these facilities. So we need to put them in a place where more, there's more staff or correction officers. So they end up taking inmates from two facilities, one Broad River Correctional Facility, and the other is McCormick Correctional Institution. And they end up putting them in putting all those inmates into Lee.
2: So what's fascinating about that, if I'm not mistaken, there were rival gangs mm-hmm. that were then transferred into Lee. So they're now sharing mm-hmm. the same facility. Mm-hmm. And that's like a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah, they created out of cake, definitely. Yeah, they definitely did.
3: Yeah, they definitely did. And we actually interviewed a professor from the University of South Carolina who actually studied dormitories, um, dormitory placement in South Carolina for 14 years. And so when he was he had been going back and forth prior to COVID, and when he when he saw that happen, he knew that, you know, he was like, I saw that coming years mm-hmm. before that when they even did that, years before the riot took place. Like, I knew that was coming.
2: So do you think that, I don't want to fall into conspiracy <laughs> theory, but
3: <laughs> I is, the is, is it, is it,
2: yeah, no Is it like, is that intentional or is that just a callousness to think about the financial matters over the potential of life threatening matters?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I guess I asked him, I'm like, do you feel like that was on purpose? Mm-hmm. And And he told me like, I don't want, I don't want to say, or I don't, I don't know whether it was on purpose or not. But he do feel like it was a careless decision to make. Um, he do know and feel that even you know people that we interview who were who spent time at Lee, or who was involved in Lee, and again, like I have, you know, I have cousins at Lee right now who tell me a lot of stuff that hasn't been exposed in the documentary and that hasn't been exposed to the news. That a lot of people in, in at Lee right now feel like that was a very intentional decision that they made.
0: I, my, that makes me question whether it lee is is it a state run mm-hmm. prison or is it a privately run prison is it privately owned
1: no it's state it's state, it's
0: state run prison
1: mm-hmm. you know when i when i was watching the the documentary those, those, uh, they were they were talking about the rival gangs, and I'm thinking to me, it was like they did this shit on purpose. Come on, you you you're telling me <laughs> that because if the police department can have all these anti-gang and 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 all this stuff of all this information about these particular gangs, you're telling me that the prison is not privy to the information. They know what's going on. They know what's exactly what they're doing. Because at one point, I'm thinking like, what type of sick experiment is this? Yeah, to mm-hmm. put but, them but in this, the same but- place like that.
0: But then I want to know, like, what what is it trying to what are they trying to motivate? Was some legislation passed because of this riot that just happened? So now they have to do they have to put more money in prisons like somebody's benefiting if they did it on purpose. There's a benefit. Right. Because it's not just it's not just to kill seven inmates. They could they could do that. They, they, They do that all the time without the fanfare. But well, why said, create this situation? Like, what what came out of this?
3: Well, they said it was seven. Uh, they said it was seven. They end up finding more bodies in closets days later. That's another wow. thing too. Wow. wow. Um Do you know what the um, time was? I think it was ten. Wow. Yeah, ten. They ended up finding bodies in the closets later. So I'm, we get to core civic. Um, so one of the things that happened after the riot was that core civic Mississippi came to play. They end up sending 39 men to a prison in Mississippi or the Tallahatchie River through CoreCivic. Again, Corps Civic, which is an entity where they end up getting inmates who are in state ran prisons. And what they did was took their troublesome inmates and put them in the private ran prison.
0: Uh-huh.
3: But what's, what's most interesting is that majority of the men who, majority of the 38, 39 men that went wasn't even involved in the lee riot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they end up finding out later that you send these 38, 39 men to Mississippi, 11 hours away where their families can't see them. Their families can't probably commute unless, you know, like, you know, I got to basically take a flight to go see my relative that's in, in prison, you know? Right. So um, they end up, finding out, I end up finding out later that I think like maybe one or two of the men end up being, I don't know, they died or end up being killed at, in Mississippi prison. <laughs> so it's like, it's crazy.
2: Like Alaric, I hear where you're coming from. I think that it is really just a matter of dehumanizing people and not seeing them. Once you have 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 entered into this system, you own you you're simply chattel. So it's not a matter, it doesn't have to be a benefit on the other end. Oh, but but but
0: that that's what these prisons are for. But what these I'm saying is are
2: now money-making machines. I, I get that. But I'm I would argue that it's really not a matter more than making money. So the benefit is already established. So th- you dying in this prison, I'm only going to replace you with more bodies. Right. Here's my thought.
0: If someone's going to create a scenario where prisons are now, prisons are seen as dangerous and the public thinks we should be afraid of what's happening in our prisons, or well, we should do something about this. So we're going to have to put much mo- We're going to have to change legislation to put more money into prisons or spend more money to build another prison or create or privatize a prison. That's that's the shit you got to watch out for. Cause it's always the sleight of hand. That's it's always, true. they know, they knew when they put those groups together, that that was trouble, that was going to spell trouble. But why did they want to cause that trouble? Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can be rest assured someone stands to benefit from creating that situation. Mm-hmm. But the, if,
2: again, even by accident, I I I still would by argue accident. that the benefit <laughs> even by accident is already baked <clears throat> into the fact that we have this system in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're still going to benefit from whatever the financial gain is, and if you kill off a few people, you're just going to replace them. But the thing that really kind of got me charged about this was suggesting that this was that this popped off because of a cell phone mm-hmm. or cell phones. Mm-hmm and it could have been anything the fact that they said that with a straight face was like it it really doesn't matter like yeah. wh- whoever's on the other end of that message is either already in agreement with them or just doesn't care <laughs> or it's it just we live in a weird i think and this is my personal philosophy we live in a weird uh time where the the amount of money that you are going to make trumps and i put that in quotes anything any moral decision, any any ethical uh, uh, guardrail that might prohibit someone from doing something. That's it a... is it is about the almighty dollar. That's and if a... you can justify and you can finagle your way into making more money, it that's that's the end game.
3: Yeah. And I'm, from my understanding, they even the the state itself, the Department of Corrections, end up getting more money. But they end up. They said we got more money for surveillance. We got more money to replace all the doors mm-hmm. and all this shit like that. But it's like then they increase salary, but still making less than thirty five thousand dollars a year. <laughs> correctional <laughs>
2: officers credit. are making less than thirty five thousand a year.
3: In twenty twenty, correctional officers were making twenty nine plus and some change. I mean, like twenty nine thousand, maybe five hundred something dollars in twenty twenty. If I'm the CEO, there's a fight every day.
2: <laughs> and we're betting on it and we're betting on it
1: and I'm putting it on YouTube but all jokes aside we bring up a point here 29.5 a year you think I'm not bringing in illegal shit into that fucking jail excuse my mm-hmm. language into that jail because I'm making 29.5 a year mm-hmm. and that, that the corruption must be crazy throughout that system are you kidding it's, me? and this is considered a good job yeah. And the thing wow. is, is that what the, the 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 crazy thing is that a lot of the corrections officers, if they they come from those communities, know some mm-hmm. of these inmates. So it's oh, like going. Out, so so that that's just another door that opens up for a legal type of shit coming in. And like, okay. first of all, are they allowed to have cell phones? How no, do they get a cell phone? No. That's contraband. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. So these these it's like a it's it's crazy that they're not being paid enough to even want to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're paying me 295 to risk my life. I'm doing illegal shit. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, that it's rampant through there, but I I I would dare to to guess. Yeah. <laughs> based on the fact they're getting twenty nine five and they're getting thirty-five now. That's not even it's it's crazy, man.
3: I mean, wow. like even the 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 documentary. It's literally men in prison make more money than security guards. Wow, that's how much they're making our country, man. They're making more money than the people that's literally watching over them. Literally,
2: I'm mad that you call them security guards, though. That's hilarious, but that's what an American, yeah, that's 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 what they they amount to. They're they're probably (laughs) making them the same amount as the (laughs) mall cop, yeah, what's the difference with. at least a hundred percent less danger. So, speaking of yeah. the documentary, where exactly is it released yeah. for public consumption now?
3: No. Nah, so right now we're we're doing a festival run this whole year. We're going to okay. festival. We're going festival running. And right now, like we up like man, we we won. I can't even keep count at this point, man. We definitely oh. won.
1: That was a on that. That was a so flex. Yeah, we, we we went like we, we went on the awards like I every day, do, son. Yeah. Like what we do. We win awards. I do docs. We win. What's today? Monday.
3: No, uh, what nah, we but we we we've de- we've definitely up like we've definitely up like eight or nine awards right now. You know, that's that's best nice. director, that's um best documentary. Um, we've um the Paris Film Festival uh mentioned us, and we got an honorable mention from Paris Film Fest. Paris Film Festival. We've got other awards. And so it's, it's doing a really good job on the festival run right now. And, um, and the reason why we're doing the festival run right now is because of the fact that um, this is a docu-series. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately and unfortunately, we found out that Jay-Z and Dottie, Mississippi, which was our, which is what I had planned to do next, because of the core civic situation. When I realized that, you know, they sent 39, 39 men to Mississippi, I was like, and then I, it was... Um, David Banner and Yo Gotti, I think, um, they had made a big deal about what happened at, um, at the Parchment, in Parchment in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. but not paying attention to the fact that like, yo, like, South Carolina happened way before then and South Carolina sent thirty thirty nine men to Mississippi. You can't, so I was just like, you just can't court, you can't, you know, you gotta start here and then go to Mississippi. So the plan was to actually do Mississippi next, then go Louisiana, Alabama, and Georgia. And so, um. So we decided just I was like, look, let's just festival run it. Let's see who will, who will throw the bag and we'll mm-hmm. finish it out. And so we found out that Jay-Z in Mississippi doing pretty much the same thing that I did with South Carolina. So I'm just like, cool, I'll let them have that one. We we'll just go to we we'll go to Louisiana. But before we do Louisiana, we'll just see who actually is gonna uh, who's actually gonna you know wanna pick it up. Cause I mean right. it, I I had conversations with people. Um, prior to me even going to film it. You know, people, you know, with production companies and they loved the idea, they loved it. And, but they were just like, you know, they really couldn't put the concept together. They they really didn't understand it. It was just like, you really want to tell a story about prisons in the South? I'm like, way worse than prisons in California and New York. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, or, or just simple fact that every time you hear about prison, everybody talk about New York, everybody talk about California, everybody talk about Texas. Oh, like let I'm, I'm like, let's go down south and talk about what's going on down south.
1: Well, I mean the 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 actual the the culture down there in the south. I mean, you, you the the racism is just ripe. I mean, it's, it it's fresh <laughs> off the vine, baby. Like that shit down there is. I mean, racism everywhere. <laughs> racism is everywhere. But in the, when when you but typically when you think about the south, you think that that goes hand in hand, and that that area those, those areas you're talking about. You know, exclusively have a lot of racist mm-hmm. motherfuckers running the to town. I mean, we've we've seen mm-hmm. we've, we've seen history. We've we've either lived through it or we've seen it, so we know what's mm-hmm. going on.
0: It I mean, I, you, if you think about it, after the end of slavery, the South has their history is of locking us up, whether yes. it was for loitering laws and and mm-hmm. and putting us in chain gangs and and in work gangs. It's not stopped. Yeah. You know, they wanted to keep us in bondage this entire time. And I, oh, I think the, you know, the, the this, laws this were developed that way. This tough on crime shit that comes out of the South, too, is I think is part of it.
3: I mean, speaking the the,
2: critical race theory.
3: I mean, speaking of um African-American Museum, I, I, I went there like maybe I went there last month and they got a new exhibit. And it's um is Louisiana penitentiary. Mm. And they and it's it's super dope, and it it actually inspired me. Like it actually inspired me to feel okay about it. Jay Z and Yo Gotti doing Mississippi because I'm like, yo, like this Angola story is crazy, yeah. And it literally like it's literally like pictures, like current pictures of like correction officers on horses.
1: Mm. <laughs>
3: Literally, I'm gonna call it on the plantation. Right. <laughs> like it's crazy. I'm like, that is not a black and white picture, and that's not a picture that was before I was born. That's literally a picture that, like, literally looked like it's taken on an iPhone 10, 11, <laughs> yep. and it's crazy. Like, I'm like, yo, like they literally got of Christian officers sitting on horses watching men plow a field. That was like in that was part of the exhibit. I'm like, yo, oh, that's man. crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm so ready to do that story. Like that shit is crazy, man.
2: That's nuts. So, wait, I want to go back a little bit. You mentioned Core Civic, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize had changed his name from what most people probably know as CCA, the uh, Corrections Corporations of America, which is basically the poster child of privatization in uh, prisons, in the industrial. um, Prison industrial complex. Yeah, prison Prison industrial Industrial complex. Complex. And then uh, news just came out. I think it was Rick who Mm -hmm. shared the article. That Thurgood Marshall Jr. is sitting on the board of uh, Core, Civic. Core Civic, but is also obviously an important part of the Marshall Project. But the obvious conflict of interest is there. I didn't hear anything about this story at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on the the conflict and uh, Marshall Jr.'s uh, impact in basically perpetuating the privatization uh prisons
3: yeah i think and one of the things that i always say that like one of my sheroes is angela angela davidson you know before racism capitalism was a thing you know that was like the, that was like the, the topic that was the conversation that what you know us as black people african people really need to focus on was capitalism and it seems to me it's just more of a you know, there's money involved in that. <laughs> you know, there's. Right. I mean, sitting on any board is is really like I was telling a friend I was telling a friend earlier today. I'm like, I'm like, did you know that um people sitting on school boards? You know, they get their friends who are construction company or own construction company to bid in on some of these schools that they build, and they probably get them a cut of oh, a sure. percentage of that. All day. All day. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, that's crazy to think about it. So I'm I, to me, you know, I'm not shocked. You know, because I always and I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like. To me, people people who who come from privileged spaces don't understand certain, certain you know, or detached from certain situations, you know, or detached from certain re- reality for certain people. And I I personally just feel like you know, when they're think, thinking about people like a Thurgood Marshall Jr., you know, his legacy, you know, he's a very privileged individual, and so for him to be able to understand what someone like myself who had a father who was in prison, if I'm sitting on a board, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, look, I don't give a fuck how much money it is. You know, we need to abolish the prison system. Mm. It's what it is. You you can never find me as someone who's sitting on the board of core civic and, and really trying to, figure out, possibly figure out how to get a coin out of the situation or, you know, figure out how to make it better. Ain't no making it better. You're just abolishing the whole system. Mm. You get all up and get rid of it, you know, because I, I actually live that life. I know what it's like to actually have a father or a family member or a cousin that's in prison. So ain't nothing that you can say convince me to make me feel the system is okay or whether mm-hmm. or not it needs to be, you know, um, you know, it just needs to be abolished. Like, ain't no rehabilitating, you know, that, that, you can't convince me of that otherwise. So I just feel like people like that, you know, who are who come from to me, I just feel like privileged situation whether they black or white. We yeah, have black people who come from privileged situation who just are out of tune and out of touch with the reality. Of real niggas who really deal with real shit. It's just not. Yeah.
0: What's good, people? This is Alaric. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr, did I say Tumblr? Fluor, that's new, it's brand new, just came out. Fluke, Etsy, Pinterest, Friendster, Hamster, ex-Hamster. Oh wait, that's my private account. Don't follow
2: that. I've, I've heard you describe yourself as an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. What does the world look like without prisons?
3: So to me, and I, I make it clear, it ain't, it ain't opening all the doors to rock Island and letting everybody out and just saying, go run free. It ain't that. I think, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's really about figuring out how to make everyone whole and everyone heal and figuring out other mechanisms of punishment. And I just think that we, you know, the society has been conditioned that punishment is means confinement. And it it always shouldn't mean confinement. You know, punishment can mean restitution. It can mean that you don't go to prison until you die or that you until your sentences up. It can mean that you really is in a facility where as a collective community, we figure out how to make you whole, how to make you heal. And we figure out ways how to not make you do what it is you've done again. I think that, you know, as David said it best, you know, prison don't disappear, you know, um, social issues, they disappear human beings. And I think that it, it just is not, it doesn't, it never addresses the root of the issue. And right. so I think that we have to really figure out as a collective, as a society, as a community of people, what that look like. And, and for me, I just figured out that we need to figure out other oh, mechanisms of punishment. And because the reality is, you know, people continuously are doing the same thing. Like you probably got a lot of motherfuckers in prison for murder. You know, mm. and if the first person went to prison for murder, that did to stop the other the second, and third, <laughs> fourth person going to prison for murder? Like, it just, our system obviously isn't working. And so for me, it's like, we have to figure out what are other ways to make someone out a shooter. And, you know, of course, people always ask me the, the most, you know, what about the most heinous crimes? For me, you know, anyone who's in prison for rape or, you know, molestation or, you know, or someone's a serial, Ted Bundy or something like that, it's hard for me to not think about those individuals as having a mental health issue. And I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of mental health. And I do believe that people who do commit the most heinous crime are suffering from mental illness. But I think, you know, your average drug dealer or your person who just stole a TV or who robbed a porn shop or something like that, there's root to those issues. And I think that we, as a, as a society, have just wanted to k- incarcerate our way out of those issues and never really address the root of those issues.
1: Well, the root of the issue is, is poverty. It's that's poverty. It's poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, people stealing TVs or stealing anything is because they don't have something. That's a poverty mm-hmm. issue. And they don't want to invest in schools. They don't want to invest in education. Mm-hmm. And when you have the prison industrial complex and privatization of prisons and motherfuckers is making, like, I think, uh, what's his, uh, Thurgood Marshall Jr., made they gave him like two two point three million dollars in bonuses over a course of certain amount of time being on the board and stock options and all this other stuff. So that money made him blind to the fact that all these people are getting locked up and you have these situations. He didn't care, obviously. And then you read further about his father. His father was an agent. Apple don't fall for what kind of agent. Thurgood Marshall uh, was an informant for the FBI during the Hoover years because the NAACP at the time it was during McCarthy era, the communism. So he felt that if he, and he was, and at that time he was a lawyer with the NAACP. He gave information about communism or communists to keep the heat off the NAACP. And he was, and then later becomes the Supreme court justice. I'm just going to say allegedly.
2: Yeah. And allegedly, and that's another conversation because I'm, I might be able to take a different take on what you just said.
0: I, that's why I didn't even. It's our family, a bunch of rats. I didn't want no, to go. I didn't want to go there. the kids are oh, rats. Lord. I well,
2: that's the last show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jaquel, thank you for being on the last show, because we are going to get. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, I, as, as someone who is potentially the same age as your father, I want to say that I'm so proud of you. You are <laughs> a smart kid, and I feel like I feel. I'm calling you kid only because you know
3: I'm at least 20 old. years older than you. Yeah, um, but I, mean, I was, I was, like, they like call me sport and all kind of shit, man. Uh, <laughs> you're,
0: a smart,
1: you're a pretty smart kid. <laughs> Good man. job, there, yeah, kiddo. No. Yeah, kid.
0: You, you, you're smart, and I feel like you, you really shed some light on on some very t- important topics and um taught us some things and that's that's what it needs to be it's always needs to be this generational exchange mm, and uh sure. that's what I'm saying proud to have you here on the show proud of the work that you're doing and and look these guys will tell you I am super critical of when I see uh, everything documentaries television film because because I work in that space so when I see something that's not i'm I'm always but I gotta say, your shit, it looks great. It looks amazing. Yeah, nah. Well done, and I can't wait to see the entire uh, project.
3: Nah, I appreciate it, man. You know, it, it's man. I tell you, man. It, it. You know, one of the things about you know, I, I'm similar. I'm very critical of a lot of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. But you know, it, it's really, you know, I, I've done. I did my homework on that project. You know, oh. um, I, I was personally affected you know, like I said, like you said earlier, passion project. So that's what really made it, Um, I think, be done so well. You know, I mean, I found out, when I found out about the riot, I mean, I was with my pops and we walked around the store and I'm literally, you know, just walking around the store, stro- you know, strolling on social media. And I'm literally going to Facebook and like, I'm literally seeing a riot happen, you know, like literally live on, on Facebook Live. Right. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, pops, look at this. And I'm like, what you think with you? You know, he like, Damn. you know, he just, You know, like he knew exactly, you know, like it was almost like he, like the way, he. you know, I can't really describe me, but I felt the energy Mm. like he, like he, you know, because he had just came home like a year before that happened Mm. and, and he, you know, he'd been a ride himself. And so it it was, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, i see a lot of problems like you doing in homework, you know, um, I tell people all the time, yo, like even living in DC, you know, sometimes I put myself in environments that, you know that I normally wouldn't wouldn't be in. You know, I get on the bus and and ride around DC. I get on the train and ride around DC and just think, write write notes, reflect, listen to music, and just putting myself in environments where I can. I feel like I can be creative and just like you know, get on the bus and just ride around Southeast DC and just see certain scenarios and situations that remind me of my my upbringing as a, as a kid, my mom's or my grandmother or you know whatever. Seeing some very beautiful stories that I'm like I'm like damn that's you know just take notes. And so I put myself in 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 environments and spaces where I know where I I want to tell the most authentic stories. And also the thing about my my upbringing and my community and where I'm from, just like, you know, it's just that's kind of what I do. You know, I I do my homework before I try to tell any creative story and make sure that it's it's told in the most authentic voice ever. This is your boy JPR Durham, man. whenever I'm out here doing the work that needs to be done using my talents, I'm listening to the code of 40.
1: Before you go, I know you're a big hip hop head. I read, a, I read that you uh that you're a fan of hip hop. So uh, man, I was hoping that we get this question answered. I was so, like, yo, so, buddy, I I, I want to know because we're, <laughs> we're all New Yorkers here, right? We're all New Yorkers. You got the hat, you see. We're all New Yorkers here. Jay-Z and Nas, who you got? Oh, come on, man. That ain't fair. It it isn't. Um that's supposed to be okay, okay. So
3: so I will say this. The way Nas running right now, them last KD one, KD two, and I even throw I I throw um magic magic in there. Them three right there alone might damn near trump some of Jay-Z shit just by itself. Mm-hmm. It will, man. It will. Like, and I love Ho. I love Holes, mm-hmm. but, you know, and i say Nas, like, for me, Illmatic, best hip hop, best album mm-hmm. ever created, mm-hmm. best body work ever created. And i say after Illmatic, I always go straight to it was written. And I'll say Nas had a pretty dry run mm-hmm. up until, you know, the project that Kanye did was cool. But really, too. you Imagine, skipping Johnson? You know what
2: I was gonna say. You, Hold on, you skipping Godson?
3: Yeah, I'm skipping that, man. Oh, I'm skipping that. Lord, that's
2: what, that, but wait think, that think, is a a definite telltale of the difference in generations. The fact yeah. that you said that the Kanye album was all right, I wanted to throw cool. that into another galaxy if I could.
3: I only was, like to like on the one. I mean,
2: there was only two mean, songs I mean, on that tri- on that album. I think what
3: now, but I think what Nas was what to me where he was speaking on that, like he, he definitely gave he definitely threw some, some some grown man gems in that album. Still though, you know, like lyrically, not production, I meaning like the production of it, but lyrically, Nas was still sitting. Yeah, and okay. I, I, sonically, still I couldn't get since. with
2: it. Sonically, I could not get with it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, it was I,
3: different. I it was it was it was different. But for me, again, like K.D. One and two yeah. and Magic, I put them up there with a lot of with a lot of whole body bodies with a. With with whole, I, damn near over whole as yeah. of right now. Like yeah. who's Ho, gonna have to come out with an album now? Yeah, he yeah. going, he going, he go, He to come out with three. come out with three dope. He got uh, three dope ones, man. Like, he's he come gonna, out he's with,
2: been teasing the, the, the world with four, these uh, features, but he's gonna have to come out with an album. The Nas first four
3: CD
1: a, album to come out.
3: Nas got exactly what he always needed right now, and that was a producer. Hmm. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy to see because I'm like, you know, I see a lot of rappers now be trying to. I'm like, oh, y'all can't. That's ordained. Y'all can't recreate that. Y'all, yeah, boy, I gotta get a hit boy. I gotta get a hit boy. Y'all, you can't do that. That's mm-hmm. ordained. Yeah. That's ordained. It's, it's like make... it's
1: kind of like premiere and guru. It's it's like certain. It's yeah. like a Batman yeah. and Robin type duo, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Those guys are just making great music right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You you definitely listen. You're like definitely that. an old soul, bro. You've been here before. Yeah. Oh man, like Cause mo- cause I mean, listen, because most cats at 28, they don't. They not fucking with Nas or Jay. It's like if. <laughs> Who okay. you talking about, Lil
0: Nas? Lil Nas? Lil, Lil Nas? I don't Lil Nas. Know that,
1: that you know, but uh, listen, man, you got a you got a very old soul, man. And um, I tell people, man, it's it's hard for me to really like. I got three top fives.
3: That's why I tell you, if I got a top five ever. I got a top five of this era, and I got a top five that just personally for me, like my personal mm-hmm. top five. But my top five ever. I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna put them in order, but Jay Nas, Andre. Gene Gray or Lauren Hill and Black Doc. Wow. Ah. ah
1: respect. Respect. Ah. Respect that one. That's, I can't I even fight you on that one. I cannot five. I can't. That's a nice top five. It's a solid top five. The yeah. fact yeah. that you said Gene Gray tells me that you have a high high hip hop IQ. Oh yeah.
3: yeah, most definitely, man. Definitely. You know, like as that's it for me, you know. Um, but you know, hers, personally, like Personally, it's, you know, um, you know, I, I mean, but I would say Q, Q will
1: be my sixth man on my top five,
3: though.
1: Mm, like, Q. like, Lethal Injection, like, America's Most Wanted. He had, like, those, those three albums, those first three albums are really fire. He's got very good shit on his Man, album. man, fire, man. But that Lethal fire. Injection, though, that Lethal Injection, that's 1992. Ninety, yeah. I was that had me a, man. You weren't even born yet. But I, but I, I was, in, I was in college. I
3: was in college when I first heard it. Yeah, I literally, man. I'd be bummed. I'd be going to class. Niggas probably. They were still play that. playing that on campus as wow. Nah, I was. I, oh, was. Local, right? I was. I was walking to class, and I know niggas looking at me like, "What the fuck is he bumping?" Cause I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right, "Damn!" Like, I'm like, All right, what we learned today, professor? What we got?" Uh, just that music. I, Ice
1: Cube. Ice Cube will definitely make you want to choke a motherfucker out. During those two three albums, he he had that choke you out music. Yeah. He would. Yeah. The wrong white person yeah. say something to you, listen to some Cube, they would get choked out.
0: That's Mandatory true. listening for my children is Public Enemy, X-Clan, <laughs> Ice Cube. KRS. The KRS Wu. One. Wu-Tang.
3: Wu-Tang. For the children. Man, you got, you got to let them, you got, you got to come in, you got to give them a little Stevie, though. You know, let calm it down. <laughs> oh, bit, sure. you know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We no, no, were just
2: talking hip-hop.
0: Yeah, yeah but yeah, know, I got you, yeah. Get the education you know. I got. You know, you know they, my they, they, daughter
3: my they, they, my daughter she gets senior, she get she get John Coltrane. she get mm, Duke Ellen, sure. you know, cause I you know she she young she too so I, you know I'm like shit I can't listen to like one street right now so we're going we're gonna listen to some shit together. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like you know <laughs> I can you know I'm talking some Stevie on, some John Coltrane, you know yeah, boom, boom. You know what I do with my
2: kids? Every whenever we sit down with dinner, we try to sit down at least three nights a week, four nights a week actually. I play something old. So Sarah Vaughn John Coltrane mm-hmm. and then I mix it up with like um uh, Robert Glasper uh, uh, Roberta Flack every, everything just so and they don't even have to know that they're listening to it it's just background noise while we're right. eat, eating eating dinner
1: and then what's, for dessert, and then for dessert, it's power it? money, uh, money power respect. By <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> it's a notorious KIM.
3: <laughs> but speaking of Robert Glassman, man, that that dinner party project is beautiful, yo. Yeah, like yeah, the dinner party with, it, with Night Wonder and, and Robert, and Terrence and, man, man, Martin, yeah, Terrence Martin, man, I think. So that's a man. I don't know man that. That project going to set me up right a couple of times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh,
3: we got to bring you back. You know, uh, this guy, uh,
1: this guy uh, can come back whenever he wants. <laughs> man, like,
3: y'all like, you don't know, you don't know nothing about this right here. Uh, <laughs> you're so well, was,
1: you so special. You be playing. <laughs> be playing <on> this, <laughs> be playing on this special shit. I don't even know what this is, but it's sexy. <laughs> just go ahead and have a seat, girl. You know what I'm saying? Let me, you want something to drink, you know what right. <laughs> You know, I just, go, I just do it. I'm just, you know, doing documentaries and shit, you know, little music, little wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me educate. She
2: sort of changed. She started relaxing. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I got to a it How
1: Had to watch the movies from De Niro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> that's what's up, man. But this is
2: but, dope, man. man um, tell the people where they can find you and uh, anything that you're working on.
3: Man, yeah. So, man, you can find me on all social handles and my, my first and last name that you put that's all my social handles. And, Right now, I'm great. I'm you know, of course, start my PhD program in August. You know, I'm going back, finishing up at home. I'm going back home to um, work on my second documentary, which is about you know the Black history and Black culture in my hometown, which essentially is my family. So it, you know, for for the most part, it actually focused on the um the Black history and Black culture of Princeton University and the establishment of the community. And pretty much, I'm going back home to pretty much like discover like my family history for real. Well, I really
0: wanted to talk to you about that because I thought that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have these predominantly white institutions that are set down in the middle of some black communities. Like in the Northeast, it's Yale, because Yale is set down in the middle of a very mm-hmm. depressed, well, was depressed. I, don't, I think it's it's probably changing a little bit now. But um, in, in is it New Haven? Is it New Haven? New
3: Haven. Mm-hmm. New Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I thought I didn't know that this was also happening in the South. So it's, oh, man! It, or this was the
3: standard. Yeah. And so, so I mean, yeah, I mean the the so what I'm actually doing is that I'm actually starting with Clemson, but hmm. I'm actually doing on Clemson, Alabama, UGA, Florida. Um, there's gonna be a, another docu series that I do. Um, you know, networks major network HBO Max is already that's gonna drop the nugget. HBO Max is already interested. Wow! And so um, I already I decided like, look, you know, and I actually the professor I'm working with actually wrote a book about it. I met her and I was like the who be who like, I was like, I was damn near tear it up. I'm like, yo, like you actually doing something that's actually, you know, something I was, you know, more than me. And I grew up here. And I felt so embarrassed to be sitting down with her and be her, her to be telling me things. I'm like, yo, like, I'm like, you know, my grandfather was the first black disc jockey on, on, on radio. Mm. Ever. Mm. You know, like my, like there's literally like streets named after my grandfather and my on my on both sides of my family. Street names after both sides of my family in my hometown. And so you know I was able to you know throw her some alley hoops when right before she published the book and was nominated, all won history book of the year in 2020. And so I'm actually taking her book that she wrote, putting it into documentary form. She actually working on the second book. She actually got a book deal to publish three books about the you know the Black history and Black culture of my hometown. And so the second part of the book is actually focused on the community aspect so you know it was actually timing you know the time the timing couldn't have been any better for her to actually bring me for them the university to bring me in because they've been actually felt like they the the thing that they was spelling that was actually getting the community mm-hmm. and me you know having a nonprofit. you know having my reputation in the community you know mm-hmm. it is what it is and so it's a it's great timing for me to going back home and actually like brain exposure and light and the response has been amazing and beautiful and you know, my relationship to the community, to, you know, city council, the mayor, um, the university is, is, I'm, you know, I'm pretty well respected back home. And I'm just glad to be going back to be working on this documentary. And, you know, again, going, you know, pretty much I'm focusing on all universities and big universities that bring in money from football. I'm coming for every one of them. And I'm going to actually, like, figure out how to actually make people more aware and respect the fact that. There's black communities in areas that are predominantly known as white communities because of the fact that the university has overshadowed the African American community essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
3: I want to bring more awareness to the fact that you know people tell me oh, I'm, I'm South Clemson. They're like, oh, the university. like, no, there's black neighborhoods. There's black people that live there for real. Like there's black people that live there, just that you don't know that because the university is coming in and gentrifying it, and niggas can't live there no more because come coming too expensive. You know what I mean? Right. You should be paying two, three thousand dollars where an area where your water bill probably only needs like 30 dollars that don't make sense wow. <laughs> uh, well
0: it yo like I, a great project for array honestly for, yeah I, I, want
3: array. <laughs> I want them to get on it i want them to get on it i really would love a black production company to get on this with me because i feel like it's such you know um i've been watching high on the hog one of my yeah. favorite projects yeah um again another product Another documentary is based on a book that a professor wrote well, but I, you know, I've been, I've been. It's very well done, and I, and I, and I love the format of it. I love how you have, you know, the narrator also as the host. And so, I've been working those things out. But, you know, I'm just glad to be working with a professor who, um, again, she's very well respected. She's going to be my, my advisor. I, I keep hearing, you know, oh, I keep hearing your name 15 times a week. You coming, Jacqueir <laughs> Durham coming, Jacqueir Durham coming. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I learned to make I learned to make college work for me. I don't work yeah. for college no more. Like I'm gonna yeah. get this documentary, Y'all gonna get my education for free. Right. And I don't know what I don't know what this is gonna come. I don't know what's gonna come from it. I I really don't. And I told the professor that Dr. Rhonda Thomas, her name. I told her like this this project. I think is this whole concept is bigger than me. You know, I, I hope that one day this this whole concept and ideal of exposing you know the black history of predominantly versus south. To the fact that some kid one day will be able from my hometown to be able to go to Punce for free because they found that's what I hope come from it. But who knows? I this project is way bigger than me. That's dope.
2: Man. I just want to echo what Alaric said. I commend you on everything that you're doing. And just talking to you, I know, as they say, you had a praying grandmother because uh, the spaces that you're operating in uh, and the way that you're moving and wanting to have impact beyond yourself is is a beautiful thing
3: and we need to celebrate that Mm-hmm. Yeah, i appreciate it, appreciate it for sure i, I thank y'all and she's still praying <laughs> <laughs> always yeah she probably she's probably gonna get on her knees
1: no more but she <laughs> 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 yeah, right my my, my 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 wife says something funny as hell the other day. She says, "When black people say, i 'I'm going to pray for you,' that's it. That's, that's the, the prayer. Yes, yeah. the I'm going to pray for you. That's it. <laughs> right.
2: Don't take those prayers. Don't take, take your grandma and pray.
1: Yeah, take your grandma and pray. Yeah, take your grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's actually yeah. she's actually praying. Yeah, yeah. amen. Yeah, but yeah, it, it gets
3: crazy. weird. And i got to go home. I'm going go to my grandmother's house, and I'm like. White ass Jesus on the wall, but you know something—something unexplainable. You know, I just,
0: you know, you trying to make, you trying me. to make a two-part show over here. <laughs> <laughs> you white Jesus? Hey, you get me all riled up. Talking about white Jesus, okay.
3: Hey man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a member of, at, uh, at Alpha Street Baptist Church. My pastor is Doctor Reverend Reverend Doctor Howard John Wesley. So I can't help it. I just can't help. Just switch it out one day. You know, I'm like, I, I want to, but you know, I'm like, you know what? Start with a light skinned yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Just
1: <laughs> bring, a, bring a Jesus about my complexion. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying bring know, a dark he, skin yeah. Jesus. They get Puerto Rican Jesus. Yeah, because he's not white. <laughs> he's not, he's in the mix somewhere. They, try, they try mulatto Jesus, mulatto And then Jesus. Then slowly. And then you bring yeah. a black Jesus. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm
3: gonna do something because it bothered me. so my mom, my she be having the little the little what's the little the little water the little blue water packs and shit. Oh,
1: like, like, pop oh pop off? She got the pop. I'm like, it?
3: yes, spray water, oh, <laughs> oh wow. I'm like, yeah, but that's the south for you, you know. That's, yeah, man, that's that that is south the south for you. You are absolutely, you know, right. like, you know. I'm like, you know, I can't help but love it for real. I'm like, you know what? I'm at a place now where you know I embrace that shit, and it is it, it's, it's 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 an unexplainable thing. I'm like, yo, that's. That's the southern black
2: I mean I, for you. <laughs> my family is from South Carolina. It is it, it that is a part of the culture. That is
3: the heritage. Yeah. What what part? What part?
2: Uh Sumter and Orangeburg and Ooh Darlington.
1: Darling. oh man.
3: Yeah. yeah. Deep. Oh, man, that's man. over
1: there by the red <laughs> He was like, "Damn, y'all slave slave."
3: I mean,
0: you was slave slave.
3: Man, air to my air oh. to my hair on air to my hair orangeberry Man, I just I, I just all I see is hot heat sun. Yeah. Just niggas in the sun. <laughs> Boy,
1: that's all I. that's all. That's all the more
2: progressive part of my family down there lives in Florence, so
3: you know.
1: At least oh, just yeah, the name alone t- tells me. I think that one they
3: they of my cousins owns a club down there. Yeah, they got they oh. got museums. They got museums and shit. You know, I I, was, like, <laughs> I, that.
2: <laughs> I am hollering right now.
3: <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize that until I went, I was filming the documentary. I'm like, damn, Florence actually kind of big,
1: man. He's yeah. <laughs> <was> like, shit. <laughs> man, they got traffic and shit. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfuckers got two McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah but uh
3: yeah man it's coming the documentary is coming man it, it's coming you know like i said we we festival running it right now so um eventually for sure it will it will be on it will be on a major network eventually uh we just want to get it out there right now and run a festival circuit as, as my pop said, you know we just threw it into we're throwing it into training camps and, and different, you know, letting letting coaches scout it right now and seeing mm-hmm. who gonna who gonna recruit it. That's kinda how we run it at this moment.
1: That's <laughs> well what's up. Come, Well come back when it's it gets picked up by HBO or Netflix. You know, when you get that Netflix check, you'd be like let me see if I can fit the Negroes yeah. in, <laughs> in my shit. Don't start ignoring us when you get the blue check. Yes, okay? In my shit, who's decoding what? Oh my god. <laughs> Don't nah, start ignoring
0: our calls when we get the blue check. <laughs> Not okay.
1: Nah, man. Nah, man. This was this was
3: dope, man. This was fun. Like, uh, um, you know, we, we do a talk, we do a part two, we can do a part two, man. We can talk more hip hop. Yeah, we, obviously, well, yeah, we got you. Next got time you too.
1: come back when you're promoting the doc when, when you get the Netflix deal. I'm <laughs> putting it out there. I'm like, you know, speaking into existence. Um uh, when you get that, that popping, you come back, we'll definitely talk more hip hop, man. That's something we could definitely get into. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to get into that shit. You, you know, maybe by the
3: time, you know, we we've not heard Kendrick new album already. Oh uh, yeah, it drops You uh, uh, know, yeah. Soon but I think March fits. not March. Um Fifteenth, right? May fifteenth, I think. May, May yeah. yeah. May, May twenty first, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something, you know, yeah. We, we can talk about that. You know, what I mean, Ben Staple had a dope album that, that just released. With, that,
2: I that listened to of. it and I actually like it. We're gonna definitely have to bring you back. <laughs> it's amazing.
3: Bro. It's a, it's
0: one. We might the best have, to, do, we might have to just a do a live. I feel like there's a lot <laughs> yeah. here we can unpack.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We can unpack a lot. Definitely. Yeah, but most definitely, but man, but I appreciate y'all, man, for sure. This was fun. This was dope, and I. You know, um, you know, I can't wait to share
1: share with the world, for sure. Definitely. Oh, Best of it. luck, man. Best of luck.
0: Yeah. All of right, right, Keep doing your thing.
1: Right. Yes, bro. All right. Thank y'all. And All right. Now. Peace. Peace. All right. All right peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Word. Uh-huh. Yeah. Decoding 40.
1: Well, we've had another great episode of Decoding 40. We had a wonderful guest, uh, Jaquale Durham with the uh, documentary uh, conversation. It was dope, man. I had a great time. Dude is a old soul. That is 175 true. years old and a 28-year-old <laughs> man. Okay. Uh, his He's Benjamin buttons. buttons. He's Benjamin yeah. fucking Buttons. His hip-hop IQ is dope. Uh, smart brother. Uh, I, I can't wait to see nothing but good things. Uh, no, absolutely. Head. Like,
0: I, I, I don't know him. We just met this evening. Why am I beaming with pride? Because yeah. I see, like, this is the generation that's going to take over. I see him as the next leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we're gone, he's the leadership. He's going to, he's the one that's going to pass the baton to my
1: kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that makes me proud. And, and my, and my daughter. Yeah. Because yeah. I still got a little one too. So yeah, man, yeah. it's, it's dope, man. It's dope. Uh, um, Any last words or what'd you learn today?
0: I didn't learn this tonight, but I think it it kind of illustrated or, or kind of illuminated how evil this prison industrial complex actually is. hmm yeah. At every point and turn, they're trying to fuck us. hmm And us because we're occupying so much space in their prisons. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're making sure that we stay in there.
1: Definitely, definitely. I learned um, that You know, the younger generation, you know, to piggyback off what you just said, the younger generation is really doing some shit. And it was great to see, because when I was reading this guy's accolades, I'm like, fuck, he's got a lot of accolades. And then I'm like, he looks kind of young. Let me see. Twenty eight. I'm like, listen, the guy's doing big things. And I I learned that, you know, there's definitely some shining stars out there that are going to hopefully take care of us, (laughs) take care of this country when we're fucking older.
2: Yeah, I think um, the future is in good hands as far as uh, Black world is concerned.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you, know, you did a good job, Brownie.
3: Yeah, I guess
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> Get out! Uh, before we go, uh, we want to, uh, you know, the hip-hop. We was talking about hip-hop today on the podcast, uh, on the broadcast, and we lost one. We lost DJ K slay, um, AKA the drama king. Um, I don't know how many diss tracks that I've probably heard off of K slay CD or just the radio. Cause yo, he was the drama king. Um, and he was, he was, he was quintessentially hip hop, right. Uh, from bombing trains to, uh, one of my boys, Omar, the comedian, he was like, he remembers him when he was selling clothes up in Harlem and, and, Mm just always on his hustle yeah um took to started doing the dj thing and became who he is so you know salute to him he was one of he was that underground dj that we all love right for sure he definitely had the he had that underground new york grimy shit that we grew up on and 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 he still he still he still he still still honored that he was who he he was and didn't give a fuck what i what i sorry as a type of dj that he might walk up on you and slap the shit out of you cuz you, you you know you scratch one of his records or something he just had that type of persona
2: <laughs> what i've um come to appreciate with all the stories that are coming out now is i didn't realize how much he embodied hip hop from graffiti to you know promotion and uh, i think he was mc'ing at one point and then you know got into DJing. um but and then along with all the side hustles and uh what was it body uh buffy the body and the yeah, calendars the magazine. Magazine. yeah this dude was a quintessential hustler and um it's funny because la just last week i was like "Yo, we haven't heard any news about uh k slay so i started looking to see if there was any updated news and you know i didn't see anything and i didn't think about it after that but then i was saddened to hear the news of one of my boys text me like one o'clock in the morning and i was like wow Um, So I couldn't even go to sleep after that. And it was really because, like, I was in a case late, but more so because of his uh, show on the radio was a real reminder for me that hip-hop is not dead. Mm -hmm. Right. That lyricism still matters. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that he really just promoted just the essence of what we appreciate, that golden era. And those super long videos that were like 22 minutes, but you had to watch the whole thousand bars of yes. uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, yo, he, yeah, it be them fucking videos.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, rest in power to that brother and, uh, salute and thank you for everything you've done for the culture. No doubt.
1: So that's, uh, that's basically it, man. Another episode of Dakota 40. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. Uh, uh tell <laughs> them when, when we're going to come out. Oh, that's right. Uh, get off. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> another episode, uh, coming out Friday and every Friday.
2: Maybe a compliment too soon. I know. I fucked up. Um, <laughs> fuck,
1: you feel me? Got right. you high on the horse. Yeah, Look. <laughs> high on the horse. Oh. Come on. Every Friday, new episode. All right. Every Friday, new episode. Early in the morning, right? Get up. You get your coffee and you fucking download it and you listen to it. Don't listen to it at work because you're going to get in trouble from your boss. Listen to it on your headphones. Don't be a dickhead on the train. Listen to it loud unless you're uptown where they're playing, whatever they're playing.
0: And uh, that's it. You don't actually have to download it. You can stream it as well.
1: You got to go to www. <laughs> <laughs> and we got exchange. a new number.
0: Oh, yeah. We got we a new, a new Call number. Call us. Our number is 619
1: 940 Or 61 99 Okay. Like how I did that, right?
0: Uh and if you're in England, that might make sense to you. But if <laughs> you're in the United States, we don't... Uh, we don't 718, like, roger. We don't talk like that. We don't talk
1: like that. We don't give our numbers like that, mate. All right. Good night, people. Peace. 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 Thank you for listening
3: to Decoding 40.
2: Tune in this and every
1: Friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.dakotan40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to (laughs) Code 40, goddammit.